All right, welcome to the Connect Together podcast. This is your usual host that doesn't know much about much. It's Justin Brunken. Uh, this is the the podcast with the Industrial Solutions Network. Uh, the Industrial Solutions Network is a network of a bunch of industrial manufacturing focused locations around the country of uh, CED, Consolidated Electrical Distributors. Uh, they consist of uh, the Royal Industrial Solutions uh, down in SoCal. And uh, today we're going to do something a little bit differently. Um, we are bringing on a, uh, a client of ours and our asset manager guru, um, both to kind of talk about a really cool project that happened uh, down there in the Inland Empire, not Los Angeles. I was told that, definitely Inland Empire. And um, uh, the company that we worked with uh, was called Pacific, which is part of uh, uh, the Promoc brands. And um, really excited to kind of talk about what they did there, um, what um, the process was, um, why they made the decision, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so really happy to have a couple people on with me today to just have a conversation about it. Um, let's introduce them now. We have... Uh, Marlene Short first. Um, Marlene's absolutely incredible. She is the master guru um, of just being in charge of our asset management uh, solution all across the country. Marlene, this is your first time on the podcast. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Justin. Is this your first time? This is my first time. That's sad. We need you on more often, Marlene. Your insight is uh, valuable. And it covers up for my non-insight. And then also we have on uh, Devin Westenheiser, who is a materials manager at the Pacific Packaging Machinery, uh, which is part of the Promoc family of product brands. Did I say that correctly? You did. I know it's quite a mouthful. That's all right. I mean, you should see how we... uh, label our organization. We call ourselves uh, the Industrial Solutions Network of Locations, which is part of CED, which also includes all these different uh, DBAs within the Industrial Solutions Network, like the Royal Industrial Solutions, where you're at, who help service your your solution there. So we get it uh, for sure. Um, So Devin, how are things going out in the Inland Empire? Things are going well. Thank you for asking. So so, Devin, what does uh, Pacific do? Um, so, Pacific is a packaging manufacturer. In our facility in Corona, we build filling, capping, torquing, and elevator systems. So, imagine, you know, jars, bottles out there in the world. We help consumers package their materials, whether that's in personal care, food, or um, we help them get their product into their bottles. We help them seal their bottles and put the bottle caps on. So it's quite important right now, food and beverage, uh, especially during these times. Um, food and safety, getting stuff to the grocers on time, the whole supply chain. Um, so what you guys do is pretty important, I'm guessing. Um, what's important to uh, Pacific right now and then next? Like, What's important to your position, really? So you mentioned food and beverage and the importance of keeping food on the shelves for American consumers, but there's there's a secondary market inside of that um, personal care. So 
what would be considered a personal care product would be something like a hand sanitizer. So right now in the middle of the pandemic, it's not just food and bev necessarily, it's also those personal care items. And as the pandemic is ongoing and folks need things like hand sanitizer in order to be safe, it's really critical for us to get all of our components delivered on time so that we can build these machines, get them out to our customers so that they can do things like service the public. Um, so for me specifically being in materials, my most critical aspect of my job right now is ensuring all the components that come together to either build or service an existing machine out in the field are met. So both getting the machines out there and servicing some of those machines that are already out there. And exactly. When, when a customer buys our machines, they can hold on to it for 10, 20, 30, or 40 years and need that machine to run like the day that they bought it. And right now with the current, you know, climate of the world, folks pushing their machines to their outer limits. They're running them longer and faster and harder than they have in quite a while. And some, some of those machines are a bit older um, need some maintenance or wear parts to help keep them functional. So you, how long you been in this role and, 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 you know, when was that time or that moment where you're like, um, we need a sort of solution to not only help our customers, but help, you know, you do what you do the best you can. So I've been at Promark for a little bit under two and a half years. And when I came into the business, they had never had like a formal material structure before. Um, two smaller companies had been acquired in the years past and had been merged into one facility together and only had one designated buyer for quite a lot of business that we had going on. And I started actually implementing VMI programs with our consumables vendors, like our shipping supplies, it branched out into like our expensed hardware and nuts, bolts, and screws. And as these projects were going on at the time, the gentleman that worked for Royal saw what was happening and simultaneously approached me and our electrical engineer on if we'd be interested in doing a project similar to those other VMI or vendor managed inventory programs for electrical items. And at the time, it was a really great idea because we had a buyer who was stretched thin. We had non-stability in our electrical engineering roles, meaning we had had people come and go from that position. So we were a bit back on releasing electrical bombs and being able to get components on time. So it was a win-win for us to be able to put our standard products into a vendor-managed program not have to have our electrical engineer focusing on all the most common components and only having him focus on the high complexity design work. Hmm. That's kind of when it started, how it started and why it started. So you, yeah, so you kind of saw that right when you kind of got into this role. Do you, do you see, uh, like, is this something, and this could be a question for Marlene too. Is this something that, you see trying to look at on a f more frequent basis too, to see how well it's running, what more can we do, what more can we put into the VMI, the storeroom management? Oh yeah, definitely. We, we actually do that every day. So I would say at least a couple times a week, we're either increasing our mins or 
increasing our maxes or adding or removing items from the VMI, just kind of based off of where the standardization of the product is going. Um, since that original electrical engineer and I set this up two years ago, we've actually had more turnover in that role and that original gentleman's no longer with us. Uh, we have a new team member who's been with us for a little bit less than a year and he goes through and looks at how it was originally set up and finds things that no longer make sense for us or finds things that do make sense for us, but maybe we're not keeping enough on hand and we're stocking out every week. So it, it's something that's actively being touched daily. That's awesome. Um, Marlene, well, I mean, it could be Marlene or Devin really is, you know, for everyone else listening out there, what, what is like a, you talked to a little bit already about what a VMI and a storage management uh, solution kind of looks for you, Devin. Uh, what is a VMI storage management solution? I can answer for that. So in, in our facility specifically, what it is, it's a designated set of parts that we, that we use that we always want to have available for our assemblers at point of contact. And then determining from those parts that we know we use, how many would be a realistic amount to keep hand at any given time. So you want to have enough to where you don't run out between having product refilled, but you don't want to have so much that you tie up your capital. Hmm. So for us, it's our most frequently used components at an economic order quantity to keep hand so that our assemblers do not have their interrupted by not having parts available to build the electrical components. Wow, we should uh, we should get her on our team, Marlene, to help uh, uh, sell this solution to more people. Because it it sounds like you guys know what you wanted, and you're like, we need this to do this. So we can get, I mean, so you can get your products uh, quicker to market and service them. I think it, I think this is uh, fantastic. So what, Marlene? What was the process? Um, so it sounds like Royal. Um, kind of threw this idea at you guys, but it it was kind of a mutual sort of like aha moment that this is a, a, a VMI pro program and storage management solution that you guys needed. What, what happened right after that? What would be the process? The process would be for our team to come in and understand what's existing on the shelf right now. Compare that to usage histories from uh, what the customer purchased from us, maybe what they purchased from other vendors. And then um, really sorting through that data to make sure that where the right material is available for the manufacturing process. And what I really like about what you're saying, Devin, is it, it seems that um, we really didn't approach this as being a, you being a customer, but more of a partner with us and developing that trust that we're adding that value to you. So once that material list is developed, then comparing that to our inventory, to make sure that we have backup inventory so that we're holding that at our warehouse and not tying up your capital with uh, maybe overstock or material that you're not going to be using right away. Devin, did you have any, like, you know, when you got in this process or when you looked to do uh, the solution, did you have any like fears or misconceptions about it before getting into it? 
No, I think I think I'm really lucky when you were talking about BMI and my response to it. I actually started in sales 11 years ago, and I used to go out and sell BMI and BMI solutions, <laughs> but it was on a nuts, bolts, and screws type of basis. Yeah. Um, so after I transitioned from sales into supply chain, it was something that I was very comfortable with. I had established systems before I'd seen the pitfalls and the shortcomings, but also the benefits that come from it. So when I went in, um, it was definitely a partnership and it was strategic, but I think the folks on the Royal team could say that from day one, I had a very particular direction with which I wanted to take the VMI program. Um, I like to own what's on our floor. Um, I like to own the cabinets that they go into. I just like everything to be lower risk for us. Um, so I did come in with some strong opinions, but they also had some other opinions that helped make it the best that it could be. Um, one of the other things I didn't touch on before was I early on, it's hard to get your company to give you additional employee resources. Hmm. So if you get additional employees, what can you do? Well, you can try to take some of the work off their, off their desk. You can try to free up some of their capacity and VMIs do that. They help. I mean, I, as of, a couple of weeks ago, I have 466 items that are being managed by Royal that my buyer doesn't really have to think about or very rarely has to maybe do some kind of like an emergency type order on. But for the most part, that's 466 actively used common components that on a daily basis, she doesn't have to touch. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, anytime you can free up any people's capacity is a huge benefit, right? So they can actually get back to doing some of the jobs they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Any, was there any other sort of like unforeseen like benefits or struggles from this? Uh, you said you had, you had an idea going into it. Did you, uh, see anything that you just didn't expect either good or bad? Um, let me think. Well, I think there was definitely a learning curve. Um, we traditionally didn't have a good track record of documenting what electrical components are going into electrical assemblies. So we used our best educated, you know, calculations to come up with a min and a max. And I would say ultimately one of our biggest growing pains was, you know, making that min too low. So we stock out of some components in those beginning weeks, but that's to be expected. Um, I think the way that you come away from that is, is you or us, the customer work with you, the supplier to increase those men and get more parts on order. And when the growing pains are happening, it's not avoiding them. They're going to happen regardless. It's about how you react to them once they do happen. Yeah. That kind of goes into another question I have. If, you know, going through, uh, this process, um, and now kind of implementing it and a part of it. Do you have any advice out there for those, you know, in different levels encountering like the aha moment that they need uh, a storeroom solution or like any sort of advice um, when they're implementing and uh, using a storeroom? I mean, the best advice that I could give to anyone is don't expect it to be perfect from day one. You can spend weeks and weeks and weeks doing your homework and your research. And when you run into problems in those first days, weeks, and months, it doesn't mean that it's not successful. It means that you have to keep working on it because the information that you put to the system is going to be what you get out of it. So if you put in a little bit of information and then get frustrated that it doesn't seem like your stock levels are appropriate or whatever, it's not that 
time to abandon the project and walk away. It's time to double down, fine tune it, refine the data and fix things. And we're here two years later and we're still doing refinements on a weekly basis, whether it's increasing a min or decreasing a max or adding new components or finding something that shouldn't be on the BMI and should be removed altogether. It doesn't mean it's failing you. It just means you have to keep working on it. It's not something you can do and walk away from. Marlene, Devin is, you know, part of the goal of this podcast is bringing on uh, people that know stuff and talking to me that doesn't know anything. And Devin is by far someone that knows a ton, <laughs> knows what she wants, understands the solution. And this is fantastic so far, Devin. Um, I think your insight on this whole process and solution has been amazing so far. So really appreciate it. Um, so with, you know, you said originally in this podcast that, um, the goals of what Pacific wants to do is get these machines to the customers on time and be able to service the machines that are already in use, especially with the bigger demand in this sort of environment right now. So have you seen the storeroom solution, the VMI solution, other than giving more people more capacity in uh, different roles? Have you seen uh, some, some obvious sort of end results to that mission? Yeah, definitely. And so one one of the results that we've seen in that our engineers, you know, it's hard with overwhelming and unprecedented times. It's hard for them to stay a hundred percent on releasing the bill of materials for all of these machines on time. It's just it's just not possible. There's one main guy we have and you know, a fifty percent increase in business and one of the things that's happened by having the storeroom in our facility is some of our experienced assemblers who know how the machines are built or how the designs are done can begin to work on building the base of the electrical panels prior to our engineers even releasing the final design to them. So they're able to work ahead to keep up on track. Wow. Okay. Um, so are they, so the engineers loving it or it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta do more work. We gotta get more stuff out there. Are they loving this whole thing? Yeah, I, I truly believe that our main electrical engineer really does enjoy having the most common components available. It, it also does things like cause him to have to trigger fewer orders. So for the highly customized things where we might be buying it on a one-off basis for a machine, he has to trigger an order out to our purchasing team so that we can order those components. But when his average electrical bomb might have 70 or 80 components in it, and he only has to trigger orders for two or three, it's definitely doing a lot to reduce his workload. So I'm going to get into, uh, you know, the self-promotion piece of this podcast, you know, trying to figure out, you know, there, there's a lot of, VMI and storeroom solutions out there. You said you worked with uh, uh, a solution with nuts and bolts. Um, I guess I, I'm I'm curious on why why Royal, why Marlene, and what she's trying to create in our asset management uh, solution. Um, what did what did we do that may have helped this process, or what our solution is uh, was the right fit for you guys? 
So it's kind of a two-prong answer to that. And I'll, I'll be 100% honest. Um, yeah, they, you should because they don't listen to this podcast anyway. So don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, well, I hope you can forward this to Tyler and, and Reed at some point so that they can hear it. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is when our, our company condensed facilities together and we landed in Corona, we moved from our previous Allen Bradley distributor over to you guys. That was just the nature of the business. That's how it works because of our location. So that's how we first came into contact with you guys. The second half of it though, was that once we established that relationship with you guys and there was trust and respect and communication, that's enabled the stock room stocking program to go into place. Um, without that second half of it, you guys have just been the distributor we were assigned based off of our location. It was because of the team that you had and the communication that we had and the benefits you had to offer that really launched this program into existence. Okay. I may afford it to them. They, I don't need to have, uh, I don't need to inflate their egos too much, but, uh, uh, that'd be great for them to hear that as well too. So Devin, what's next? Um, you know, you realized that, um, there's a solution needed. You implemented it. Um, you're doing what you can. You're seeing some of the benefits. Uh, what's next in this? It doesn't stop here, does it? No, it, it doesn't stop here. It, it becomes something, like I said earlier, that we actively continue to work on and refine and change. Um, we look for new opportunities for what we can add, what we can take away. Um, and maybe on some of those maxes, eventually we try to see how far we can pull back that water so we, we decrease that carrying cost of inventory. Um, what comes next for me probably doesn't because thankfully the solution has taken some of that spotlight off of you guys. And it's giving me and my buyer some opportunity to focus on other critical components that are demanding more of our time than electrical is at this point. Um, and the only reason electrical is not demanding more attention is because of the solutions we've put in place. We have a great system in place that we don't have to spend a lot of time and energy maintaining anymore. We did all the heavy lifting up front so we can focus on other critical things now. So Devin, when's your title move from materials manager to materials director? Is my next question. Never. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> exist at Promoc. Um, so I'll just I'll just be me. Um, I love I love supply chain. I love what I do. There's a reason that I've stayed here for eleven years now. Um, it's just this is what I know and this is what I'm good at and this is what I enjoy doing. And the thing that I'm most proud of is that I can say two and a half years later, our business has gone absolutely through the roof and I'm still operating with the same team buyer that I started with two and a half years ago. So we've managed to support the business, support huge growth and aftermarket without having to add additional headcount. Yeah, I, I really like how um, you talk about your business too. It's, uh, it's always about you know, what's best for your end users, your customers, the ones using the machines that you're building and how you get, uh, how you better serve them, how you get stuff to them quicker. Um, so that's good to hear. Um, you know, that's the right way I think to look at things. And, um, we try to do the same thing <laughs> on our end and, uh, you know, never, no one's ever perfect. So I, that's fantastic to hear. Um, Marlene, what are your thoughts? Well, I have a question for Devin. I, uh, first of all, I really appreciate you. And as a customer, and when Reed was first setting this up, I interacted with him uh, quite a bit. And uh, 
you did have the right team. I, I want to agree with you on that. Um, but I had a question on if you didn't have some kind of a storeroom solution set up before the pandemic hit, how do you think that would have affected your production? Um, I definitely think our production would have been impacted in a, in a negative in a negative way. Um, first and foremost, like I, we're building new machines, but new machines come with time. So our customers were scrambling to get components to maintain or fix or maintenance the machines that were existing out there. Um, there were quite a few orders that came in where customers would place orders asking for same day shipment. And because we had the part available in our in our stock room or our VMI solution, we were able to go out and pull the part right away and ship it same day. And if we didn't have the VMI solution, what would have happened was you know, we would have gotten that urgent order from our customer, the buyer having to drop what she was doing to place the urgent PO with the vendor, which would be you guys. Then she'd be having to pay for air freight. And then, be, you know, a rush once the part delivered for shipping and receiving to turn around, package it, and then ship it out next day air to our customer. So if we have the VMI solution, we would have many more steps in the process for how to fulfill our customers' needs. We've heard from other customers where we have other storeroom solutions across the country that we're considering essential personnel for them. So that's good feedback. I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. When we put all of the restrictions in place for who could be in our facility and who could be in our facility, um, you guys were one of only two vendors that were allowed entry to our facility to continue to maintain the VMI. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that piece of it. Oh yeah, definitely. So you, you folks, um, and then our vendor that does all of our consumable, consumable nuts, bolts, screws, O-rings, and machine shop supplies. Um, you two are the only sets of vendors that are actually actively allowed in our facility as of right now. Gosh, such a such a weird, weird, weird time. Um, but appreciate that and and fantastic question, Marlene. Uh, did you have any more questions, Marlene? So I get to one last one for you, Marlene. I don't. Thank you. Well, Marlene. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so for those out there that are listening to this, um, listening to Devin, wondering if they're in the spot that Devin uh, was at, um, maybe in a new role, looking for if a VMI or storeroom solution is for them, um, what should they first do? What's the next step? What should they be looking for? Well, I think that uh, reaching out to us and we can sit down and, and talk about how they do things now, what their process is. And we look at the whole solution, not just providing a part, but what does it take to know that you need it? What does it take to buy it? And what does it take to own it? So we want to streamline all of those processes and be a partner. And we're, uh, we're not like a one size fits all. We want to have that authentic conversation and, and how can we help uh, reduce overhead, reduce material cost. So I think the first step would be to reach out to us and um, sit down and, and have that conversation. Awesome. Well, it's been a, it's been a joy, Devin. It's been an absolute joy uh, to have you on. We really appreciate your time and 
your insight and in working with us uh, in the Inland Empire. Um, I don't probably need to wish you any luck on your role in your business because I feel like you uh, don't need any of it because it sounds like you are on the right path. Uh, you know uh, what matters and you're doing a fantastic job. Um, I really appreciate your time and insight and uh, shoot, maybe we'll have you on again sometime. Thank you. Uh, Marlene, always a joy. You will definitely be on if I have to drag you onto this podcast because your insight's amazing as well too. Marlene, thanks so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks, Devin. And that, You're welcome. And that is uh, our podcast episode, about 30 minutes about right it's perfect timing um because you guys are professionals we're all professionals um again this is the connect together podcast you can find it on uh, soundcloud itunes subscribe um again this is a podcast talking about things in the manufacturing industry uh things that you may care about um things that you want to know more about case studies insights of experts um this is for the locations all around the country focused on manufacturing uh, brought to you by, again, the Industrial Solutions Network, which consists of the Royal Industrial Solutions, CES, CED, Keithley Patterson, Renson House, Mosbach, Baldwin Hall, etc., etc. So really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us again, listening through, and we'll have more. I can't tell you what the topic's going to be just yet, but we'll have more here real soon. So really appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk then.